song. Three songs. Three songs. Yo. It's three songs. <laughs> Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 A three song. Three song. Come on now, Mikey. Hey everybody, it's January twenty first, two thousand eighteen. January what? Twenty first, right? I could go I'm going to I'm driving to Chicago tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and take a one way rental up there and meet my buddy Jeff Dukes and we're gonna fly to Mexico City. That's fantastic. That so is, I'll be out for like six days. That's 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 okay. That's okay. We'll we'll yeah. Invite in a guest. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we can work something up. But uh, I hope you you travel safely and. Uh, well, uh, me too, my friend. Have a great time there. This, you know, you're Bob Nastanovich. I'm Mike Hogan. This is our forty fifth episode, sir. Forty five. Well, that's been no hell. I've been a part of forty of them. Uh, maybe forty one. I don't know. Right, I think well, there were. Right. I think there were about the math. I think there were four that you weren't involved in. That's okay. You've been involved in ninety percent of them at least. So, um, well, how many presidents have been good out of forty-five? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, with let's that, and say like twenty-three. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I think I think we're batting a little higher uh, than that. But. Uh, Let's get it started. Let's go straight into it. Um, this is a song I know almost nothing about this band other than this one song, but I love this song. Uh, I like this. Where, where'd you hear it first? I, th- I first heard it on WFMU back in the day when it was a f- seven-inch only, 2004. Um, FMU, they're going strong, aren't they? They are. They Indeed, they Orange, are. Orange, New Jersey uh, Radio Powerhouse. That's right. That's right. Um, just, just a pure pop, indie pop song. Let's play it. Johnny Boy is the name of the band. The song is, you are the generation that bought more shoes and you get what you deserve. (laughs) Okay, there you go.
That's Johnny Boy, Bob. Johnny Boy. Uh, first of all, I thought it. I thought it was going to be some candy talking by Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah, a little bit, huh? It's got that Jesus and Mary Chain, and then it goes into like the Shangri Las or something. Yeah, no, it's like classic um, shoegazer music. Just a good good pop song, I think. Yeah, it's a good pop song. Yeah, Yeah. and they they put out a full length. Um, Nothing, of course, was even close to as good as that song. It wasn't bad, but just was kind of all right. Uh-oh. You know. Yeah. And then I think they just disappeared. I don't really even know anything about them. Maybe they split up and went into other bands. I think it was a duo, a guy and a girl. Um, I don't even think that album came out in the States. I think it was UK only, maybe Europe only. Who knows? Well, it fit fit into the whole vibe over there. It's very stylish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mid 2000s. Shoes, like, um, like when when you think about shoes. Yeah. Right. Like, Okay, it's like a formidable set of lyrics. I think I played Good Advices on this program before by right. R.E.M. You did, yes. Yeah. So, like, um, one of the lines in that song that I love is when you meet a stranger, look at his shoes, right? That's the best line in that song, for sure. The best? Okay, well, yeah. that's a formidable quote <laughs> by you. but um, I'll stand by it. Yeah. So, like, do you do that? Do you look at people's shoes? When you're riding public transportation on a daily basis, your job, you look at people's shoes. Sometimes. You know the shoe, shoe yeah. fashion in New York. It's Sometimes, like, yeah, sure. Yep. I just had the pleasure of being in London for like a week and um, a couple months ago. And I noticed that all the wearing these like zip up let um, suede sort of boot things now, like, mm. like Uggs are gone. Like that's so uncool. But, like, I, I, I often think about shoe fashion. Like, yeah. it's the best way to read a big city. Like, yeah. New York, there's got to be a major shoe fashion going on right now. Uh, you know, I'm sure there is. I, I'm probably not as in tune as I should be, but... Uh, well, I, you said, well, Lord knows you're going to go to work tomorrow, aren't you? I, I am, yeah. So I'll, I'll keep an eye out and I'll report yeah, back. Yeah, look, 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 look at the shoes, just but for I, fun. I do remember it's, it's interesting because, you know, back before I lived in New York, I came to visit... I don't know, probably 10 years ago, something like that. Maybe not even quite that long ago. Came, But I came back to visit at one point uh, and noticed that there, a lot of the women were wearing jeans tucked into boots. And I knew that that was going to be a trend that was going to hit Portland, you know, two or three years ago. Oh, after, yeah. You know, and it did, well, sure enough, a couple years later. Everybody. I think Portland, Portland might, Portland might set the trends for yeah, New York right now. Maybe now it's flipped. I don't know, but back then, you know, it was uh, it was a little trailing. But, you know, Portland still has the hippie scene going on, so they're, uh, you know, they crunchy. Some, they're they, very they, crunchy. Yes, they got some weird, weird fashion things. But yes, Johnny Boy, I, I just like that. It was. It's kind of a. It's 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 a good takedown line you're the generation that bought more more shoes and you get what you deserve the idea of shoes being a luxury item and something with which to judge another generation seemed like a strange thing to hang a pop song on but i liked it oh yeah that's great yeah i really enjoyed that song be a fun one to play at uh, your next dj show right well, I imagine it's rather hard to find, no, Mike. No, 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 I, I don't think so. I think you could find the 7-inch relatively easily. I could, I could just play some candy talking, though. You could. You could. You could. You, you know what you could do, Bob? You're a DJ. You could seg from one to the other. Oh, I could there do, yeah. But I'll do that right now on this program. 
Then we're put... gonna. <laughs> um, what did I say? Where did I want to go? High llamas. I think you wanted to do the high llamas. Yeah. Oh, okay. These are these are legends. Like this is off their 1994 album Gideon Gay. It's a very very to me. It's like a, a special song. Okay, checking in, checking out by the High Llamas, and I'll tell you some stories afterwards.
They so, were very grievy. Yeah, that was cool. I, I'm I'm um, sadly unaware. I mean, I'm aware of the High Llamas, but I'm I'm not really aware of their music. Uh, and I like that. That was cool. Well, if they if they'd blown you off the stage twenty times, <laughs> then because <laughs> yeah. they were a proper ensemble. See, yeah, they had like um, they were. And Sean O'Hagan, who was in that band Micro Disney. Did you ever listen to them? Uh, the Irish guy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, not a ton, but I didn't realize they were they were connected. <clears throat> yeah, then he like um, he played in Stereo Lab, and actually, the High Llamas were the backing band for Arthur Lee from Love. Really? Yeah, like in the mid '90s on a tour. Interesting. But they were like a very formidable like set of musicians. Like you knew like. When they took the stage, it was going to be very, very good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, they they sound they sound very tight even on the studio version. They actually, in some ways, remind me a little. I'm maybe I'm crazy because I, I I don't really know a whole lot of their stuff other than that song. Um, but it reminded me a little bit of like an indie version of Steely Dan almost. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair that, that's a fair compliment. Like very well crafted pop songs, well written, well performed, smooth and laconic. Yeah. And you got to keep in mind, like this was like divorced from the era of the day, which was like complicated, like indie rock and like weirdness and lo-fi and stuff. And they were just like kind of different from everybody else because they were like, no, we got six players, and we can all really play. Yeah, and and Sean O'Hagan wrote great songs, and but there was a guy in the band, uh, the guy that played guitar and slide, John Bennett, really good friend of Pavement, and he would come and he'd play with us, like he'd show up at our London gigs and he would play slide guitar. Definitely, he would rule Range Life. He saved <laughs> Range Life many times, and just a wizard, like one of those people, like. Highest compliment I ever paid paid to any human being is always a welcome sight. And I love JB. I hope he's doing all right tonight. That's <clears> and, great. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gideon Gay by the High Llamas is like a very like it's interesting today. Like with all like the laid back kind of Americana scene that like I like my I like you know I like a bunch of stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, like, to me, like, High Llamas were kind of, like, doing that, like, uh, not accidentally. They were just kind of doing their thing. But, like, they would have been huge in this country these days. Sure. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, you know, because they were so smooth and, like, really pretty and, like, really pro and had, like, a lovely air of confidence about them. And, like, oh, it was a pleasure to be associated with them, but it was like walking on hot coals playing after them. <laughs> I bet. They, you know, did oh you... God! But this song's called Trigger Cut. Okay, they just <laughs> they just played, but this song's called Trigger Cut. Like, good luck, good luck, us. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Did do you know a guy named in the band named Pete? Pete? What did he do? Drums? I, I don't know. I think his name is Pete Aves or Aves. I don't know how it's pronounced. Aves. Yeah, I, I probably would if I saw him. So, so here's my weird connection with him and the High Llamas. So. You know, I have a or had. A, it's 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 sort of like Broker's Tip was until recently. It's it's in hiatus. I had had a record company for a little while, very small record company. Little brother. That's right. That's right. Well, Pete and and I I put out the first Little Brother record ninety two, I think ninety three maybe, 
Um, Pete in the UK put out a couple CDs, his own solo CDs. The, the label that he created to put them out was called Little Brother Records. And so, in well, the, weird. Yeah, weird. In the early 2000s, I started getting. Um, little confusion of his <laughs> his stuff with my stuff but it's all good you know no cease and desist needed neither one of us well, there was a enough. guy there was a guy in high llamas back then a guy called dominic yeah it was like a trained vibe vibraphonist he played the vibes like a wizard and like i saw him play actually it would have been the same day i saw square pusher i'm gonna play later in the show he was like the best vibes player i've ever seen live in my life Wow. wow. I mean, you can hear the vibes on that one, but like, anyways, love the vibraphone. Me too. Love the vibraphone. Me too. Me too. Well, I'm going to, I don't know if there's any vibraphone on here, but there's a lot of instruments on this next song. This is one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite jazz records. You're going to kick it old school. You're going to kick old it old school. Old school. 1963, Charles Mingus from the album Mingus, 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 Mingus. That's <laughs> uh, a that classic. Six? Mingus times six. Mingus times five. He put out uh, he put out two records in 1963. This one and the Black Saint and the Sinner Lady, both on Impulse. He may have put out others, but he put out both of those on Impulse in the same year. And they're they're two of the I, I would say arguably two of the greatest jazz records ever recorded. And they both came out. Well, the the Black Saint and the Sinner Lady. He has to be one of the best album titles of all time. Oh, yeah, that too. And the album cover as well is fantastic. Um, but uh, but this is from the other one he released that year. This one's called... Uh, Mingus Times Five. Mingus Times Five, yeah. But the song, I'm going to probably butcher it. It's called Aura... You're not playing. You're not going to butcher it. That's true. Aura <laughs> De- Decubitus. Charles Mingus, of course... The band leader, the songwriter, and the bassist on this one. Enjoy. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. 
They weren't quite sure how to end that one there. Charles Mingus. No, he was angry. He was an angry man. <laughs> he was an angry man. He was an interesting man. I don't know. His uh, his autobiography, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I read it years ago. It was, uh, it was an interesting read. I, I have a feeling some of it is uh, a little wildly fabricated, but uh, amazing musician, amazing writer. Uh, well, he did a legendary concert um, at uh, Bicentennial Day in New York. Uh, yeah. July of 76. Nice. Yeah, you can watch that on YouTube. Yeah? Okay, I'll have to check it out. I have... I, I mean, he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he was He was uh, over the top. And that song there featured a number of amazing players. Jackie Byard on piano, Eric Dolphy on saxophone. Just oh, like yeah, Dolphy. What a beast. Yeah, big, uh, big band, big song amazing i mean that's a that's just a record i can put on and never get tired of so yeah well we have a love fest tonight we've got a real love fest that's right we do we sure do uh yeah so we're going to play a couple of songs off of an album that was released in in 1980 on dp records danny beard records out of atlanta georgia by a legendary band from athens georgia called pylon and I picked a couple. You can play them in any order you want, your choice. Okay. Gyrate, and name that tune. Gyrate, uh, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic album, of course, people know the song R.E.M. covered, which you're not playing. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with this Crazy's one. Crazy's great, Crazy's yeah. great, yeah. It is great, but uh, you can yeah. check that out if you want. This one's called Recent Title.
You can dance. You can gyrate. That's pylon. You know the pylon. You know the pylon reenactment society. I don't. Oh yeah, no, they got together in the last three or four years. Really? I missed it. Oh. They would have played Richmond. Sure. And they kicked it. You know, this is a band from you know late seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. Athens that had a huge influence on REM. I wonder what. I always wondered. Like, of course, it was the advent of B fifty twos. Like, right. And the B-52s were, like, an internationally successful act. And, like, you know, Pylon, they would have toured in Europe and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, I often wonder what those two bands thought of each other. Because, like, one thing I loved about Pylon was, like, the drums were just, like, so, like, in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, high in the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. On that album, everything they did. And that, you know, that jagged, angular guitar, which I always loved. No, uh, we love that stuff. Yeah. yeah, we love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you got another. Let's just, let's just do it right now. Let's let's play another one. You want to play? Yeah, precaution? let's play Precaution. Let's play Precaution. Another deep cut off Gyrate, which is a great album. So I often wonder, like, 
like I wonder if her vocals like inspired a lot of like Riot Girl. Same with X Ray Specs and like sure. the Absolutely. Slits. But for an American band, like I would imagine they're the sort of band, you know, because you mentioned the B fifty twos, of course, were vastly Those popular. More party rock, they they were more right. party rock. Right, right. And that was the sort of pylon was the sort of stuff where Maybe they wouldn't have been as big, but those who heard them may have been more influenced to join a band to, uh, you know, make some music to just really, you know, do their own thing. Um, I don't think they were ever actually really successful, though. Like, uh, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I, I think they got a bump after certainly after rem crazy covered, yeah yeah covered is, crazy i mean both versions are great sure. both versions are great it's sure. a great cover version by rem yeah um you know and and i think it helped the you know by then i think they they weren't a band anymore which is fine but it uh you know it helped get attention to them and and you know the the riot girl stuff happened more in the 90s so it might have turned some on, if nothing else, just to see a dynamic front woman out there, you know, singing Southern punk rock. Yeah, singing kind of in your face sort of style. Um, there, there's not a ton of that. Um, I mean, there's some. She's, she's a wonder. She's a wonder that Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's great stuff. Great. Stuff. Bless her heart. Bless and her I haven't. Heart. What do you get? What do you got? What I you haven't got? listened to that in years. So thank you for reminding me of. You know, my copy is Italian. Yeah? My copy is like, uh, I've got my old copy of that record, which I think I probably bought when I was about 15 years old. It's like an Italian copy, so they, at least they were, they were released in Italy. So Wow. Yeah. No, this, uh, Europe Europe was hip. Um, so I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go, we like to go to New Zealand. I'm going to go back to New Zealand. Smack dab in the middle. You could always of the, play some more Mingus. I could make play some more Mingus. I could play Mingus <laughs> the rest of that. I could play. It was hard picking a Mingus song. Let me you could play you Mingus till the cows come home. I could. Uh, I could yeah. play Calling the Hogs Home. I think that's, uh, that's yeah, a yeah. fantastic Mingus tune. Um, yeah. So or Hog Calling Blues, I think it's called. I don't know something like that. But uh, um, I'm gonna go yeah, take, take us to the weirdness of New Zealand. That's right. I'm gonna go the South Island. I believe the South Island. Yeah, Dunedin. Uh, oh, Dunedin. Dunedin. Uh, smells like chocolate. You know, there's a huge Cadbury chocolate plant there. The fan- whole town smells like chocolate. That's great. That's just great. Yeah. Uh, another reason to go there for sure, it sounds like. Um, yeah. But I'm going to play a pretty obscure 7-inch that uh, came out on Flying Nun. It was the only release. Actually, they released a cassette, I think, kind of on their own. But it was the only release that they put out on Flying Nun. Before breaking up, it's the first band from uh, a gentleman named Mr. Michael Morley, who, of course, later went on to much bigger renown with the Dead Sea as well as a bunch of others, you know. The Dead Sea being the letter C. That's right. That's right. So this is, anyway, this is his first band, 1985, first seven inch. This is him singing and playing guitar on a song called Wheat Fields. Wheat 
that's the weeds. Yeah, so I never I never saw the Dead Sea yeah. or the weeds. Yeah. But I did see Gate. Uh, His band Gate. Right, sure. Two piece. Saw him in a small club in Dunedin. And it was an amazing night. Yeah. And and that guy's an obscurist. Like so his record label, which is I think it's called Precious Metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was in that band, um, a brilliantly named band called um, Rex Small Speakers on Expensive Stereos. That's right. Yeah. And um and he would pop up like I actually saw him a couple of times in Hoboken. Because like the Dead Sea had like a following. And Dead Sea records are interesting. Do you own any? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I've got a few. They're like um I'm not going to say they're unlistenable these days. Okay, they're but they're best enjoyed on a home stereo. They're ba- they're kind of bathed in noise, you know. I mean, that that song, the weed song there is a little more straightforward pop. That's about as straightforward song. as it gets. Yeah. Um Dead Sea is a little more you know, it's a little looser, but you know, I mean, I I love the Dead Sea. Yeah. The, well, you could not love the Dead Sea yeah. I mean, cuz they were like they were definitely pushing the envelope. They were for sure. Of like, of a, it was lo-fi. It was, you know, it was definitely recorded in a similar fashion to like a lot of great bands from the late eighties, early nineties. Like, it was just like, go ahead and like, does it work? Plug it in, make it work. I think that works. That's good. Right. I think. I right. think. Right. Okay, that's at least the bands I was associated with. That's the way we did it. At least Silver Jews, okay. <laughs> and um, but they had like they were noisy. Like they Gate were, was sure. noisy. Gate was very very noisy, and a lot of it was not really. It was much more sound based than song based. To me, they were just like a brilliant local band. Yeah, like they were just like, and I think the guy is like an art professor now in Dunedin, Michael. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's like an art teacher, like a at a university in Dunedin, which is a great city. Like, and I, I mean, the only reason I ever went there would have been to like play two or three times at Pavement. It was absolutely pleasurable, you know. I've heard nothing. And it was a little good intimidating, about a little Dunedin. intimidating because like every legendary New Zealand rock and roller he'd ever met would be like there, and it was kind of intimidating to look out in the crowd of like 150 people and be able to like recognize like 18 legends you know whether it be like members of the clean or the chills or like yeah. 3ds or whatever it was yeah. you know it's a little intimidating for somebody who had a tremendous appreciation like you do for new zealand music so absolutely so so that song wheat fields that had on um backing vocals I, I believe on bass too um had robert scott of the bass oh yeah uh, and it also had Shane Carter, of course, of Straight Jacket Fits, who we've uh, featured on the show prior, way, way, way back, I think in episode three or four or five or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, just a fine little fun, obscure New Zealand flying nun nugget. And here's the other thing. The Weeds, the first band for Michael, Michael Morley, the Weeds were also, and of course, a different Weeds um, were a di- the first band of Fred Cole of Dead Moon in the '60s. He was in really a, yeah. He was in a band called the Weeds. Maybe I'll play the Weeds. Uh, oh, that's just coincidental. It is yeah. completely coincidental. 
Not in the, yeah, if they played together, that would be just mind-blowing. But no, completely coincidental. He was also in a band called Lollipop Shop, which is, uh, I think, a little better known. But uh, but yeah, the Weeds were his the name of his first band, so not to be confused. Well, I'm going to keep the show weird. Keep it weird, Bob. Yeah. I'm going to play a guy that's like, um, amazingly, he's just still in his early 40s. Uh, his name's Tom Jenkinson. He plays under the moniker of Square Pusher, and it's like a very innovative, freaky electronic music that I've never really gotten a grip on, okay? But like what I've listened to, and I saw him play live at Test One in Sheffield in like 95, and um, he's he's from Chelmsford in Essex, and um, I know he lived in Stokey for a while, Stoke Newington, a, na- a neighborhood in London and North London that... I've had great times with my friend John. Well, we'll talk about that some other day. But, <laughs> anyways, this is uh, this is Square Pusher. This would be be right right when he would have moved to London, okay. which isn't far away from Chelmsford. But this is come on my selector, the big the big loader.
You've taken me out of the chill out room there, Bob. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Bet inside speed at Chelmsford. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, square pusher. Uh, I don't, it's better than coffee. I guess so. Yeah, it's probably not the sort of thing to play at midnight when you're about to go to bed. Well, how do you dance with that? Like, you know, like uh, very, nobody can move that fast. Very. Um, I mean, you'd have to do like the old like wave the hands gently and like try to make your old body groove type thing. Very frenetically, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, very frenetically. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Tom Jenkinson, Square Pusher. Great show. I'll see you in a week. All right. Have fun. And hopefully, I'm uh, hopefully I'll come back with some records from Mexico. Do it, man. I yeah, I'm bringing the big case. I'm bringing the okay. big, the big brown, the big brown case, and I'm gonna try to get a, get us a bunch of cool records from Mexico. Well, enjoy. Be safe. We'll talk in a week. Keep in touch and uh, have fun. All right, love you, mate. All right, thanks everybody. Big boat. Yeah.